Hi, welcome to the Anime Bar Podcast. I'm Jimsta. And I'm Alley Cat. And we're two friends who love anime, love cocktails, and love podcasts. And decide to kind of take all those three and mush them into one. Each month is a different anime, this month being Assassination Classroom. And each week is a different cocktail to go along with the episodes we just watched. Alley Cat, what's this week's cocktail? This week's cocktail is a bubbly take on a tequila sunrise. I call it the correct Koro Sensei. And it is delicious. I'm actually drinking one right now as we're recording. If you want to try out the recipe, it's posted on our TikTok at the Anime Bar. So drink up and let's get started. This week we are covering episodes one through six. Be warned, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen these episodes yet, there are anime streaming links in the show notes. So today we're starting with episode one, Assassination Time. Um, a mysterious tentacle creature destroys over 70% of the moon. He now threatens to destroy the earth unless the junior high students in the outcast classroom 3E kills him first within a year. What was your first impression on this episode, Jimmy? Jimsta. Jimmy, Jimsta. It's all the same. Uh, <laughs> that was my name. Uh, my first impression was that this show is in- insane. Like th- it's, it just It's a pretty heavy with- start. Yeah, it just starts off with... All these, well, it starts off with the alien. Well, I don't know. Technically not an alien. He says he's not an alien. Yeah, you know, he says um, that he was he was born and made on Earth. So I don't know. But if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it and you're like, I'm just going to start listening because these guys are awesome. And I, I love hearing people talk about anime. And you don't yeah, know what with this yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And I hope you guys are listening. But if you haven't even looked up this character, this creature is a giant, a giant like yellow happy face with a whole bunch of. I don't even know if he has a body or if he's just a whole bunch of tentacle arms. But this is what's in the front of the classroom trying to teach these kids. Yeah, and then you have. Um... Kurosama, who is like pictured just the men in black, you know, style character, explaining to the kids that they're now like they couldn't, the military couldn't kill uh, this creature, but now they have to, which is just wild. I love that that this government guy or this this creature. I want to keep calling him an alien, but uh, this yellow happy face creature, whose name we will eventually learn, but he is like issued like an ultimatum he's already destroyed uh, 70 percent of the moon i don't know if you can destroy 70 percent of the moon and not hurt the earth but he's like i did it and now i'm gonna do it to earth unless you let me teach a a class of kids i feel like that's insane it is i do feel like that this anime comes with like a lot of like you have to just have suspended belief and and try not to think too logically about things. Um, I do like, though, he ensured that he wouldn't hurt any of the students in the classroom, um, even though they're attempting to kill him. So I think that, I guess it kind of makes sense for their government to be like, you know what, okay, let's do it. Like, they didn't really have another choice anyways. Yeah, the government's kind of like, this is a two-way fee- like way street, or I don't know. Whatever that saying is, I, I'm sure you guys have heard it, and I cannot say it, but it's that saying, 
I don't know, but it works both ways. <laughs> the, the, I don't know. It's the Sorry, saying, guys. I don't know. You know that saying that I don't know, but you know, right? <laughs> but it's that saying that it's helpful for both people. If you know that saying, follow us on Twitter and <laughs> tell me that saying. So I know. But it's that saying where it's both, it's beneficial for both of them. I, I don't know, but like they know where the alien is or the happy face guy is during a certain time of day because he's teaching a class of students and he's got i guess all these students are now kind of assassin killers thus the name of the show yeah and you know the first thing that i noticed in this episode is like them bringing in the cart of weapons so the weapons are pretty much plastic like they don't hurt humans they're bbs plastic knives and then you know little pellet guns or whatever um my first thought was one, those BBs would make a good drink, like a good addition to a drink. But two, um, I feel like that there's there's got to be a better way. Like, <laughs> then, I, I don't know, maybe that they just did the plastic to keep the kids safe? Well, if what we learned or what we saw in this first episode was he's teaching this class and they all bust out these guns. They look like machine guns. I don't know. Sorry, I'm not big gun guy but they look like what i was playing call of duty guns like the basic gun you get off and then they're shooting him with these bbs and there's bullets flying and when i say bullets i mean bbs flying everywhere they're everywhere like i feel like you need non-lethal things that would wouldn't hurt anyone but i've been shot by a bb i don't know if you have bbs hurt they really do and it's insane so they they ask how do we even know that this like we're not hitting you and it's not hurting you and he shoots off his own tentacle with with one of the guns which i mean like i said everything in this episode is just going to be insane it's it starts off hard as an introduction and um so that scene plus uh, a few others that we're going to talk about in a bit they they come off pretty intense. He oozes out his little, I don't know, his juice, his yellow juice. Uh, but apparently he's able to regenerate, so it's okay in the end. But just, yeah, how weird. I mean, that's not even the weirdest thing for me. The weirdest thing for me is uh, we have kind of the, um, the police guy talking, like giving the kids the lowdown about, you know, this is how the, your school year is going to be, kids. You're going to have to kill this yellow guy with these things. But we find out one of, like, this creature's kind of uh, habits. And he loves to groom things. And he loves grooming eyebrows. Which I find uh, a pretty interesting trait for a happy, like, a yellow-faced tentacle guy. Yeah. Uh, and in this in this episode, we have uh, Nagisa, who is our weird blue-haired character and basically the narrator. So he starts off just like saying, how did we get here? And then, you know, then they go back and talk about the moon being destroyed. And and then now they're suddenly here at this moment with this tentacle teacher teaching them and them shooting at them during attendance. And so it just seems like it's even a wild ride for the characters themselves. And I don't know if this caught you off guard too, because I thought... Nagisa was a girl for like a good portion of this first episode. We do have those um, 
what gender fluid kind of characters in animes. You have to have one in in every anime. It it is it, it threw me off, but I'm I'm enjoying him. Like he's uh he's interesting. There's something I think there's a very interesting relationship between him and our yellow creature. Yes, and um he does seem to be, you know, he's already taking notes. He's taking down the weaknesses and things that he notices um, about the creature. And um, he's actually one of the first ones to make an assassination attempt. So it's our first, nah, at first ish, if you count, if you don't count the shooting scene in the beginning, it's the first real assassination attempt by Nagisa um, together with kind of this bully kind of character, uh, Tarasika. And they decide their Nagisa is just going to be like a suicide bomber. Is that the right word for that? Yeah, it's like kamikaze style. <laughs> yeah, they. I think they say kamikaze style. So he goes in like he's going to stab the creature. But it turned out he had a grenade full of the BBs around his neck. And I, I just feel like it kind of shows where Nagisa is at in his his mindset he feels that he's disposable i think that that's really sad and it's probably a bit of the nature of the classroom they these are the outcast kids and he just felt like you know that's fine i'll get hurt in exchange for killing koro sensei which koro sensei gets really mad about and i'm happy to see and you can i think this first episode you can really tell where he's going to start changing their minds do you agree i i do agree that Koro Sensei does seem kind of like has an attachment to these kids. But I don't do you think do you think Nagisa was like on board with this plan? I feel like he wasn't. It seemed very he was very hesitant about strapping a grenade full of these killer BBs. To me, I feel like that he he didn't I feel like he didn't care. Um he starts saying like the the school slackers go unnoticed. So this kind of job is perfect for them because nobody notices them. And I feel like it was implied that nobody really cares about them. And I think that he has a little, like he's in, in turn, it makes him not care about himself or his own, own safety. But then, um, yeah, then like, it turns out that he's not hurt by the grenade though because um our little creature guy has saved him yeah so he i guess lucky break that he sheds his skin once a month and that happened to be the time he chose to to shed his skin and creates a protective layer and then we're introduced to his new face which is all black and as nagisa puts it that's his pissed off face um that you kind of i feel like it's a little bit traumatizing i mean he He's pissed off and then he starts going around and he takes like the nameplates off of all the, the kids in the classroom, their houses. And he's pretty much like, like, if you pull that again, you know, just remember that I can kill everyone else but you. So I can kill everyone in the world and just leave you. And I think that really like while you get the feel that this is a slice slice of life, um, it really puts down the stakes on 
on what's you know this is a bad guy but he's not a bad guy which i find confusing i find this like this kind of thing confusing because their goal is to assassinate him but then now he's like i don't know like now there's kind of stipulations on what you can't do can we not go kamikaze style and get you like i feel like the rules are changed the rules have changed but i do enjoy that he has different faces so he is this giant yellow face that's like neutral yellow happy face is kind of neutral and then we saw like pitch black is kind of intense anger but we kind of have he has different moods he's like a i don't know a mood ring Mm -hmm. kind of thing going on yeah so so far um in this episode we figured out green and yellow that's when he's feeling too cocky and then we have what we modeled our cocktail after is a like a red and orange face with like a little circle in it and that's when the students give correct answers. Um, I don't think... Was there any other faces in this episode? Well, he also has uh, a dark purple face for when there are, when wrong answers are given. Yes. So I feel like good. it's a good weakness, maybe. I don't even think that he can, sees it as a weakness, but it's something that the students are able to, to start on. Um, and then like our main character... And we get this information about his faces and kind of his hats from our main character because that there is a person kind of jotting down all all his uh, I guess doing research on him or all his weaknesses and that's our our main character Nagisa. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting that he's the one that is persuaded to go along with this this death plan, but it feels like he has the most information about character. Yeah, I feel like um, Nagisa, so I always feel like the rule of thumb with anime characters is the ones with the craziest hair are going to be the main characters. Because this is a really large class. This is a full classroom of students. And it looks like the direction the show is heading is that, I mean, they're going to show everyone. But you have like those few ones with with the colored hair. And I think that those are going to end up being our top students. Yes, and... Oh, this is where it pains me when you say that, because I, after watching these six episodes, I, I have a favorite character and his hair is not colorful. So it, your statement worries me, (laughs) but at the end of this episode, our creature gets a name and you know, his name is Koro Sensei and it means something, but I forgot to write it in my notes. I don't know if you know. So they took, uh, oh man, I forgot what the full word was unkillable but they took the first part which was like coral something and then they added on sensei on there um they did this because at first they they weren't calling him anything um but then um i might i'm gonna say her name wrong kaede she is like hey what do we call you and he says my name's not something that you you give to people so why don't you think of something for me and so that's where we end with when they're just like oh yeah coral sensei get it it's a pun. It it is a pun. It's a <laughs> a fun play on words. But yeah. now now we got a name for our creature person creature guy, Koro Sensei, and it kind of leads us into the next episode with my favorite character, Sugino. <laughs> I don't know why I love Sugino a lot. I feel there's I always relate to like an underdog character, and he is an underdog character. So episode two is called baseball time and we get to learn about a new student Sugino and his passion for baseball and we also get to learn about uh Koro Sensei's uh gives us a little slice of life lesson in this episode too 
So what did you think about this one? So my, my initial reaction, so it starts out, he's, he, you know, him and uh, Nagisa are, are kind of together and they're like, oh, are you ready? And he throws this freaking ball. Okay, credit to somehow embedding, you know, the bead BBs into the ball. But I don't understand how they thought this would work. Like, this is a moment where I'm like, mm, now I understand why they're in class E. Because um, your favorite is just like, he's so upset that he, he of course, he doesn't throw the ball fast enough. It, in fact, it's like in time for Koro Sensei to go to the equipment room and get a baseball glove and then like appear back and catch the ball. And he's just like, oh, man, my fastball, you know, it sucks. And to me, I'm like, dude, I don't know anybody that can throw faster than a bullet or a missile. I just feel like, I don't know. Have you ever done, because when you watch this episode, you see it's it's a baseball, a normal baseball, but he's embedded all around it with these BBs. He's like, push them in. And I don't know if you ever have, like, been so into an idea you have, like, you're so invested in this idea, and then it just fails. But you're like, no, this is a winning idea. I know it because you put in hours. I just imagine him sitting at sitting at home, just putting these BBs inside this baseball. Like, I, I've got this, guys. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be the one to assassinate Koro Sensei. It was it was creative. I have to I have to give that to them. Um, and I think that that shows a you know, I'm joking when I say I understand why they're in class E, but it really does show some some of the intelligence that they have and their creativity. Because, I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that. But that's because you're not not into baseball. Not as that's, much as Sugino is. That's true. He loves he loves baseball. But unfortunately, Koro Sensei says, like, you suck, boy. Like, not you suck, boy. <laughs> but he's like, the baseball player you're idolizing, your body is way different than his body. Like, it would not match. Like, the way you play is not the way it's not going to work out. That's why you failed. Yeah, I love that... Um... So Koro Sensei took the time to fl- like fly over to New York, and I guess assault the base his his idol baseball player with his tentacles, and and then came back and and compared it to, um, what's his name? Sugino. How can you forget Sugino? Sugino? <laughs> he compares it to Sugino, um, and he's like, "Hey, look, man, you're just you're not as flexible." Um, in these parts but you are more flexible here and I think that that was a really good you know kind of life's lesson on you can do the things you love you just need to do it like in your own way um the only reason the thing that was holding him back was that he was trying to to copy his idol I I don't sorry I'm speechless I can't I can't get over you you can't remember Sugino's name but you remember the one rando girl that kind of names Koro Sensei in the last episode. I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> you have to remember that I've seen this before, so I I do know who's gonna end up main characters. I'm trying not. To and is <laughs> to spoil it? And that. it's Sugino. And it's Sugino. It's definitely Sugino. Perfect. He wins all the money. Yes, all the monies. Uh, this episode also has like one of my favorite. Koro Sensei is just kind of this crazy character. Because there's a scene where we see him kind of just in the woods, kind of in the woody area. And he's on a blanket. He's chilling, like picnic style. And he's making shaved ice with one of those little toy shaved ice things where you like spin the handle around and it shaves the ice down to make like 
snow cones. Oh, yeah. But remember, he travels at Mach 20. So I think they were saying he got the ice from like the North Pole or something crazy like that. Oh, yeah. Interesting fact about Koro Sensei is that he does not just like eat food from near him. He goes to like the country that food is from. He loves food. I agree. <laughs> it did sound like you agree. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure I, you agree? I am also drinking the cocktails that, that we made, so I was taking a sip of that. That delicious correct Koro Sensei cocktail? Yes, the correct Koro Sensei t- cocktail that's posted on our TikTok at the anime bar. Mm, oh, that plug one. In. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that Koro Sensei kind of appreciates food, because as a foodie, if I had those powers, I would do that as well. Yeah, and another part of this, I mean, so most of the episode is is focused on I mean, it is called Baseball Time, so it is focused on on that whole thing. But then at the end of the episode, we have the the character, the dun dun dun. You know, what do you? What were you? What were your thoughts on that when you saw him? I well, this character, this shadowy character, is very disturbing. Um, it it's clearly a student because they're like, you're going to be joining Class E, but they're like, but you gotta. Your job is to assassinate, assassinate your teacher. And he's like, alien, human, as long as I get to kill a teacher, I'm fine. I know that we're on a mission to save Earth, to kill Koro Sensei, but that kind of talk is very troublesome coming from a junior high kid. It is, but when you think about just the way that this school is set up, um, it it's messed up. I mean, the, the whole concept of Class 3E is weird, so... I kind of understand. You can already tell, like, oh, this is why this this kid is there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, this shadowy figure, very creepy. I hope, uh, you know, we learn to love him eventually. But before we move on, this episode also has my favorite, I don't know if he's my favorite, Sugino's my favorite, guys, but maybe second favorite, definitely top five character. And I'm going to say its name wrong, but it's the mascot for the school, and it's Cooney Don? Cooney Don? I don't know what this is, but Some it looks like a nut. giant acorn or chestnut looking thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but I'm in love with this. Uh, I think we should get tattoos of it on our bodies. Not we. I will not be participating in that. I think this is definitely like forehead tattoo material. You know what? Why don't you you get a tattoo on your forehead and I will watch. I will happily watch that happen. You will watch me get a tattoo. But as you're watching, you're going to be like, man, I, sh- I want to get one too. I feel like that's what's going to happen. No, I find this character creepy. Like, it's cheerfully explaining their messed up school system, um, which <laughs> I feel like is it gives me like separate but equal vibes. It, it's, it's really not um, something I'm down with. But the little character is cute. It's a little, little nut. Little, little nut. That should be his name, Little Nut. Little nut. Little nut. But yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorite parts of this episode. So after Karma is introduced, it's a perfect time to, to move over to episode three, Karma time. So Karma, the wild card character, is transferred to class 3E after his suspension. We already talked about this. And attempts to push Koro Sensei to the edge. He is just a little shit throughout this episode. Um, I mean, he made a huge interest, uh, entrance like I think one of my favorite assassination attempts, like so far out of the six episodes we've seen, is um, 
him he he got one of the plastic knives and like stuck it to his his fingers and and hands and so when he introduced himself to koro sensei um he was one of the first ones to really hurt him because he took him by surprise which this is like oh like this just got real i think when this episode got what really got real in this episode was finding out that koro sensei is living off of a teacher's salary i think that's (laughs) when it got real for me the, the reality of, of, of poverty for teachers because Koro Sensei just has his little change purse and he's like, oh man, I can't um, buy any more gelato. I guess I'll have to make it. Which yeah. I think kind of <laughs> attests to his his morals. Because, Is like, it cheaper to make it than to like go out and buy it? I don't know. I don't know where he's getting the ingredients from. Because to me, I feel like he could just go take one. And I don't even think anybody would notice. He can, he travels so fast. He'll probably just break into an ice cream shop or a gelato shop and make, you know, get his own and then leave. And nobody would notice. I mean, gelato is, is delicious. I mean, if we ever decide to do a crime together, I think break into a gelato shop and eat all the gelato is like up there on the list. Oh, God. I think that we would turn into like <laughs> the ice cream girl. The, the ice one that cream was licking, girl. The one that was licking all the bluebells. Like, we would be ridiculous. Oh, that weird ice cream girl? Oh, yeah. my God. I don't know if, if anyone remembers this, but what was this, like, th- three, four years ago? Yeah, it was, pre, it was pre-COVID, right? Yeah, it was, because we were all happy about life, and we were just concerned <laughs> about this girl, this girl who made, like, was it a TikTok or something? She goes to a store, she takes a carton of ice cream like a gallon of ice cream she takes the lid off and then she like licks it and then puts it back oh mm-hmm. my gosh i was so distraught for weeks of, of bluebell ice cream no less which if you're you know from texas you know that that is like i don't know what it, it's like our state ice cream at this point like bluebell is, is like brand. a sacred ice cream like bluebell yeah. is sacred to me even though uh, now ice cream tangent even though another place that's sacred to me which is h-e-b Try to make their own brand. I'm not here for it, HB. Keep your creamy creations. I I'm like a blue creamy guy. creations. No, I'm a bluebell guy. And the mermaid one they came out with, where it was like sparkly. They had little sparkles in it. Creamy creations got it on point. Like I feel like they can get put Ben and Jerry's on the run with no, their different no. flavors. Creamy creations is the poor man's bluebell. When you're like, I'm the poor man, you get the creamy creation. But when you're living it up, when it's payday, you're like, give me that blue bell. I don't know. We'll have to. No, because I go Haagen-Dazs. If it's payday, I'm Haagen-Dazs all the way. Haagen-Dazs? What are you like, Jeff Bezos over here? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I enjoy the finer things in life. Haagen-Dazs doesn't even make. Haagen-Dazs is so expensive. They don't make. Their pint is a gallon price. It's still, it's like their Rocky Road is one of my favorite, like Rocky Roads. But <laughs> last side tangent, I have a side, last side tangent about Hagadas. Hagadas, if you're listening, bring back stiffy, sticky toffee pudding flavor. Sticky toffee pudding flavor was amazing. Bring it back, Hagadas. If you do, and, I will get the tattoo of Little Nut on me. <laughs> and if you want to sponsor us, I will defend you until the day I die. Just know that. Sponsor. I mean, she will. I'm still Bluebell all the way. <laughs> so, at the end of this episode, I feel like this gave like a really. Um, so, throughout the episode, I guess before I get there, I mean, you see um, how insane karma is. And 
he not only wants to destroy, like he does, he only wants to kill Koro Sensei, but he wants to destroy his image of him. Almost like he has like emo- like an emotional warfare going on with Koro Sensei, and Koro Sensei's response, of course, is to groom him or feed him and basically take care of him. Um, oh so- my gosh, are we gonna talk about the octopus? Oh my god, like. <laughs> You can talk about the octopus. The octopus. Okay. So like we've said, you know, for those listeners who are listening to the podcast but refuse to watch the anime just because they love hearing us talk about it. And they're like, that's how I want to experience for the first time. Mm-hmm. Koro Sensei is a giant, like, happy face, like I said, with tentacles, like an octopus. So he comes into class one day. Koro Sensei comes in. All the students are sitting. And what is on his desk? An octopus with a knife through its head. And Karma's like, oh, I thought that was you. Yeah. Seriously, Karma. And you can tell that it's like it's too far for even the other students because they're just quiet and sad uh, about it. So he's definitely taking things to another level that's just way too intense for the rest of the class. But then like, so you see Koro Sensei like get really upset about this octopus and he's going to Karma, and he, it looks like he's gonna, like, I don't know, force him to eat this raw octopus or something. But instead, he, like, chops it up and cooks it into, like, these cool little, I don't know what they're called, like, octopus ball street food. They look delicious. I'm not even into seafood. And I was like, that looks pretty good. And then he feeds them to Karma. Yeah. And that was, like, his, like, I feel like he had to do that. So he, like, went and caught a missile to... to cook this food and i think he just needed to expend that energy before he just slapped the shit out of karma because i would have um at that point especially when karma like steals his gelato and like pushes it onto his chest like he smears it all over his chest and he's like daring him like what are you gonna do are you gonna hit me and that's where he he's daring koro sensei to cross this line that he doesn't want to and it'll also kill the image you know, that he's trying to set for the students. Um, which I think is really smart on how Karma was able to pick that up right away. Oh, yeah. Because in these three episodes we've seen so far, Kora Sensei is definitely, like, he wants to be this role model for the kids. He wants to be this guide for the kids. Like, we saw in, in the last episode with Sugino, and he him kind of being like, you know, you don't have to follow anyone else's way. You know, you do the way that is best for you and, like, shine, like, your own light or... You know, that saying that everyone says, you know, that everyone knows. Yeah, he, he, he told him to just basically be you. Um, which I think does bring us towards the end of the episode. I mean, so Karma's done everything. I mean, he, he's had Koro Sensei on his toes, just trying to take him out like several times. I mean, including like when he stole the gelato, he spread out these BBs on the floor and, and got Koro Sensei there. Um, so finally... He's just like, you think that he's going to give up. He seems he seems sad about it. And he basically gives Koro Sensei this ultimatum. You know, are you going to let a student die? He's standing by this cliff. And he's like, are you going to let a student die? Or are you going to risk being shot? And he like throws himself off of this cliff. And fortunately, Koro Sensei catches him in the net. And I think that's the turning point for Karma. Is, is he sees that Koro Sensei is serious about his word. Where in the past, his teachers have not, like, they've said that they stood by him, but then they threw him under the bus at the end. Well, I mean, Karma is definitely, Karma is not, not a troublemaker. Sorry for the double negative, but like, 
He's intense. Even like when before he went to class E, he was he was super intense, but also super smart. Like Karma is super smart. Like if he applied himself right, he would he would do really well in life. It's just that I think teachers don't or no one really got to understand who Karma truly like who he is as a person. Everyone's kind of just using him for either his genius grades or people are hating him because he's like crazy violent. But I don't think anyone's gotten to the root of why Karma is the way he is. But it seems like Koro Sensei is like chipping away at that. Yeah, just just within the one episode, you know, Karma at the end has a new new found respect for him and they're able to even joke around he took his wallet again and um it kind of shows you like okay so he's not going to be interrupting class anymore so we're gonna you know you can get you can kind of get that plot moving forward there because karma has this this respect for koro sensei now yes and like in that we kind of move on because we get a new teacher (laughs) to the fold in episode four which is called Grow Up Time. We get a new teacher, and her name is Miss Yelovich. But she's supposed to be their English teacher, but she's kind of got more on her plate than just teaching the class English. So I'm kind of... I'm into this this new teacher. I like the cast growing a little bit. What do you think of Miss Yelovich? Yelovich is for sure the the... She's the sexy character. She she is there for fan service. So she is um, a big... Got it. She's a big titty blonde. Super sexy. Um, you can tell that she's a little bit of a femme fatale. And she's really cozying up to Koro Sensei. Just, just immediately. Uh, I will not say that... I will not say that Koro Sensei does not enjoy the tension does that make sense koro sensei enjoys miss yelovich so we we got we ended up getting a new face in this um was his was the discovery that he can blush so he goes he goes all pink and uh nagasi nagisa (laughs) nagisa he um he points out that maybe one of his weaknesses is boobs big boobs and i mean like that's a lot of guys' weaknesses is uh, of course. Of course some big, big boobs. And uh, she's kind of got Koro Sensei wrapped around her finger, it seems. She does, even though she ends up making a total switch later. Um, you can tell she she knew what she was she knew what she was doing, you know, um, getting close to him and, and making him get his guard down. Yeah, like uh, what, what was it? Oh. I, I mean, like, this has got to be, like, the craziest scene. Uh, they're all out kind of in the soccer field, like, playing soccer, and she she comes out, and she's like, hey, everyone, and Koro Sensei is totally into her. And she says, like, oh, you know what I really love? Vietnamese coffee. And Koro Sensei decides, you know, of course, where's the best place to get, like, Vietnamese coffee? You got to go to Vietnam for it. So he flies off to go get her some coffee, and she takes this opportunity to try to do some intel on Koro Sensei, and I feel like you are the best way, to, you describe this the best. Uh, it's it's the worst. She is a grown-ass woman. She is a grown woman, and she goes to Nagisa, and she, like, full-on kisses him. Just, like, on the lips. I feel like if we could see, like, if it was in person, there would probably be tongue, because it was a deep creepy kiss and 
I don't know. How, I don't know. How I, f- I, I mean, I do know how I feel about that. It was it was kind of gross in a weird way to try to get intel, which she doesn't even listen to anyways. Just jail straight to jail. She just needs to go to jail at this point. And after she gets the intel, she does not teach them any English. Like she kind of walks off and uh, I think she lights up a cigarette and she's like this now this English class is now like just like individual studies or something like that. Yeah. And so part of the intel that she gets is when she's smoking like nice. I was like, hey, look, Coral Sensei has like the nose of a bloodhound. So you probably shouldn't smoke. He's going to he's going to smell that because she does this this 360 switch in like, um, oh, it's 360 all the way around. I'm not great at math. You guys 360 is you go back to where you start. 180 okay. is where you're on the other side. 180. She does a 180 switch on her personality where she went from like the the sweet, you know, helpless thing to to just being, you know what? Her her name is is kind of the best. It sounds like yellow bitch and she is a big bitch in this in this episode. Um but I don't what I hate the most about her is how she she keeps talking about how she's such a pro. And she's looking down on the children because, like, how are children going to do a professional assassin's job? Um, but then she ignores all the intel that she's been given. Like, she was told normal bullets don't kill him. But she's like, ah, screw that. I'm a professional. I'm going to use real bullets, not this BB bullshit. What yeah, professional ignores their intel? I mean, well, Miss Yelovich does. Because she kind of lures Koro Sensei in to this room with her like womanly ways and is like hey you know we're gonna we're gonna have some fun so she leads koro sensei in this room and that's her assassination attempt on koro sensei where she busts out is it her or her she has an assassin like hired hitman with her i believe yeah and you know what's so weird is i don't know i mean i'm sure most people caught this the first time but it's taken me like this next watch around to realize that the dudes harassing her at the beginning of the episode are the same guys that she brings in uh, to help her assassinate Koro Sensei. So I think they were just some hired hands or like hired assassins. But yeah, she pretty much like jumps, you know, gets out of the way and they have like all these weapons just set up. And I feel like they really could have successfully killed him if she had just used the right like equipment. But she fails. And as punishment, Koro Sensei says that as punishment, like he must do the thing that he enjoys doing, which is grooming. So he gives her a uh, massage and a, uh, I don't know, I have a hard time, and a facial massage as well. He changes her clothes. He does. He makes he makes new clothes for her. And uh, but then there's some other things because then we cut away, and we're on the outside, and we see the students looking at the kind of the room they're in, and they hear all these weird noises. It's and... it's weird because they describe it as slithering. They can hear the slithering Ugh. of the like tentacles and miss miss yelovich has come out and she's like out of energy she falls on the floor she's talking about the massage and the facial and then she's like but then the tentacles and my innocent mind because you know i am a saint and i'm so innocent is that oh the tentacles must have been for another kind of like massage thing oh but no because then coral sensei He he goes blank, like his face completely goes blank. And then he's like, adults sometimes need a special care. So that's a definite like wink wink on what happened in that little shed. 
this is definitely an episode that you don't want to watch in public. Just the sounds going on. Just headphone up when you're watching this. I will say, though, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking the tentacles. I, I mean, I was thinking about that. Not the tentacles, but like him <laughs> saying that for a while. It was like, but what what about the tentacles? And I, I don't think my mind wants to go there today. No. But no, we'll, st- we'll I'm sure there's some fan art out there. I I am like, you know when I look up things, um especially when I'm trying to use references and stuff for the drinks, I am afraid of what I'm going to run into fan art wise, especially because of this episode. But uh, we have one little more part of this episode where it's, uh, she doesn't kind of change her ways, you know, she goes back to class and she's still not teaching them and calling the class a study break while she tries to figure out, cause she's like, Koro sensei is not going to get the best of me. I'm going to kill him no matter what. But the students revolt against her, which I love cause it shows that this, that classy cares about learning. Yeah. And I like that they, they defend each other in the, I'm calling back to the baseball episode. Nagi saw when Koro sensei was um, like handling uh, your favorite character. <laughs> he, Sugino. Sugino. How can Sugino? Because, I don't know. He's so forgettable to me. Oh my goodness. But anyways, so he's like handling Sugino and, and Nagi saw runs out there and he's like, you know, hey, like, don't hurt him. You said you're not allowed to hurt. Like, he's trying to defend him. So same thing in, in this episode. Miss Yelovich, Yukovich, um, she is, like, talking down to them. Like, she's like, you're class E. You guys are trash anyways. And the best thing that you can do is help me and I'll give you some of the money because you have no futures. And they're just like, get out. Like, they're, and I feel like that that's some of what Koro Sensei is doing is instilling some confidence in them. I, I know. And I, I love that this kind of this class who you you kind of have a perception of and you kind of learn more as you watch along what people think of class e but it seems like they don't have the same perception of that of themselves as as other people do anymore so i love it and i love at the end of this episode that miss yelovich <laughs> kind of changes her changes her ways and and decides that she will teach them english but not not the regular english she's going to teach them conversational english and mostly it's a uh, pick up lines so <laughs> yes that's interesting um so i think this is a perfect opportunity speaking of how other people see them episode five assembly time you you really get to see what the whole school thinks of class um 3e so in the beginning of this episode uh Ma, uh okura attempts to poison koro sensei surprisingly he helps out um, later, the, the the students of Class 3E, they have to make their way down this, this dangerous mountain to attend a school assembly, uh, which once the students start seeing everyone, the other students start becoming envious of the new teachers for Class 3E, and Nagisa is forced to use his new skills as an assassin to stand up to bullies. So this episode, how did you feel like on their trek down to the mountain? I felt like, what? What the crazy going down that mountain has like rivers that you can't cross and snakes and things. Yeah. And it's just like a trek. And they pretty much show you like I think they take like three different paths. So like the students kind of like split up and it's just no matter what path they take. It's it's a it's a shit path, which I feel like was kind of a tactic because apparently they do this these assemblies once a month. 
and I feel like it's just a tactic to keep them down. Like, they're in the worst, like, this rundown building, like, on a mountain away from everyone else. Um, and then, like, I think they get bus there in the morning, but they they have to walk down to the assembly. And just, like, how <laughs> how messed up that you're willing to, like, you know, put students in that position. I... I... I mean, they are class class E, so you just kind of shove them away. But you find out, like, the school hates them. And they are the joke of kind of the whole school, this class. Yeah, so when they get to the assembly, everybody gets, like, a handout. Um, I guess it's whatever the assembly is over. And the class 3E, of course, does not. They uh, So they raise their hand and they're like, hey, we didn't get the handout. And the school just starts laughing. So you, this is where you see that it's encouraged to treat them like this. Because then everybody starts laughing at them. And they're like, oh, you need to look off your neighbor. Like, this is, like, pretty much, like, 3E deserves this for being who they are. So once they get to see uh, Miss Yellow, especially uh, Yelovich come in, uh, then they're like, wow. 3E gets, like, this hot teacher and uh you can tell like you know they're all kind of whispering and they're very envious of that because i mean this school is so messed up that they don't even think that they deserve good teachers well i mean it's not just miss yelovich that they're all into they're also into was uh what's his name karasuma yeah, karasuma karasuma so they yes. find karasuma like so the girls are whispering they think karasuma's hot personally me i think he looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh character like he's got the spiked hair he is not the hottest um character in this not that i find any of the students they're all underage but for the adults he's not he's not my top five on anime males to crush on what you're not you didn't watch yugi i'm like oh oh yugi that's uh that's gonna be in nope. my dreams that's not not you as fortunately a child that up? was like one crush that i i did not get sucked into in your locker there wasn't like a little yugi moto no picture. no there wasn't was it um did you ever watch hey arnold yeah. and she has like a little heart locket yeah she has a little thing? shrine and stuff yeah no mine mine yeah. my shrine in my closet is not some spiky haired it's, <laughs> it's not wait so like you're not into any spiky hair like no goku no oh no, gosh i think like when that. i think about no. it i really do like like the long-haired characters more like sashomaru that's my top right there oh man maybe that's another <laughs> episode or top anime crushes is that weird maybe we won't i don't do think that, that it's weird i think it's like normal <laughs> like you if you watch enough anime you're gonna end up liking some of these characters falling in love with yeah. one of the anime characters it's why my standards for men are so so high oh man well i don't know where's inuasha on your oh list? bottom bottom tier i feel like but it's got the hair but uh, i feel like this needs to go on another podcast but okay we will save this i I can passionately talk about why i hate inuyasha not the show but just him himself and that bitch maybe one one month will do (laughs) dang how do you really feel (laughs) but maybe we'll do inuyasha eventually because i i've seen inuyasha as a kid but i haven't really watched it in order so Stay, eventually guys will watch it but back to the back assassination, to assassination classroom. classroom so after the assembly well before we even get there um Koro sensei of course like he cannot stand being alone we kind of noticed this in the episode and he puts on this his ridiculous human disguise which uh, 
fake. It just looks so fake. A wig, just some kind of nose that he's like got on his face, and then these gloves and to hide, I guess, his tentacles. It's not a great disguise, but he ends up showing up and and gives them all the handouts. And so then the whole class is like, you know what? Well, never mind. We got it. Which means the assembly can't laugh at them. And this pisses people off. Just an, an, enough for these these bullies, which in this school, the top students aren't going to be like your good looking students. They're the top grade kind of people. So you got these two nerdy looking dudes that are like the bullies and they go to Nagisa and they're they're talking down to him and this is what I do love about um oh man I'm blanking on his FBI guy Karasuma Karasuma yeah I don't know why I blinked we said it like 50 times but anyways yeah you love his eyebrows yeah his his redonkulous eyebrows um Karasuma's mad you know he he wants to step in. He wants to help Nagisa because even Kurosama is starting to see how special these kids are. I think it's that infectious. Like I think Koro Sensei is infectious. Like his attitude spreads to like, like I feel like at the beginning these kids didn't think they had much of a future, and he's kind of instilled like, you know, you do have a future. You know, you're not just stuck to what people perceive of you. And I feel like that is installed this like energy within the teachers. We see that in Mrs. Miss Yelovich kind of changes her ways too, and we see this in your your uh, crush, Karasuma. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, in this episode, um, Koro Sensei feels confident enough. He's like, "Hey, you know, let him get this." And and Nagisa does. Nagisa is like, "You know what? I'm an assassin now. You know, you can't the things that you do. You can't. You don't scare me anymore." And and I think this is just another example. Like we've been saying, how Koro Sensei is is starting to to change their minds, and maybe this is the motive. Like uh, so far, we don't know why he's doing this. So I think that that maybe that this is the point. His motive is to I don't know why this this certain class or anything like that, but I think he does want to to leave that impact, even though he's going to destroy the world at the end of the year. Um, that none of these kids are are what life is making them out to be definitely i just i don't know i i find it it's just very interesting and i i think nagisa goes like super crazy at the end of this episode because those bullies are like they're ganging up on him and they're like we're gonna kill you and he's like they do it they kill me why don't you kill me then i'm not afraid of you i'm like that's when you back away you're like oh this person is Truly crazy. I feel like he tapped into his his inner karma on for for this scene. Yes, and I, I listeners out there, please do not tap into your inner karma. No. You know, karma, karma is, is crazy. insane. So if we need to tap into our inner sugi. We do. No, I mean, if you want to be forgettable. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, okay, well, that's slightly debatable. But uh, I think this leads us into the next episode and our final episode we watched today, which was episode six. Which is called Test Time. And we kind of meet a new character, the principal. And he kind of lets Koro Sensei know exactly the purpose of Class 3E. And what they really stand for. And this kind of sets Koro Sensei off. Because he highly disagrees. And what what did you think? What do you think about the principal? Oh my god. So, principal. In this show, the principal is the hottest one, in my opinion. Is he evil? Yes, this is the introduction to, I guess, 
our our bad guy here, even though it should be, I mean, technically Carl Sensei is the enemy, but um, the principal's got some pretty messed up views on how this school should run. And he's getting paid handsomely um, to look the other way with this whole Carl Sensei being there, because nobody knows. It's only the students, the government, and then the principal. Not even their parents or anything knows. But because Nagisa was able to stand up for himself in the last episode, the principal was kind of watching that and he's like, no, stop that. We do not let 3E have confidence. Which is just twisted to me. Yeah, we find out that 3E is there to make the other students perform better because they do, so that they won't be sent to class 3E. So I think the principal letting Koro-sensei know that like, hey, you know, regardless which way this thing goes, 3E has to be kind of like the failure class that makes everyone upset. And uh, he tells this to Koro-sensei just in time for like kind of a midterm exam. Yeah, and he, I feel like this exam, one, shows the dedication that Koro-sensei is able to go through. So his skills are almost, they're they're leveling, leveling up throughout these episodes, or at least we're starting to see more power in it. But he's able to, to be so fast that it's almost like he's making copies of himself, and he's individually educating the students on on what their weaknesses are and so it's like they all get their own private tutors and he he wants them to pass like there's a moment in the episode where they're like ah we're 3e you know and so he threatens them um i'll leave if if you guys don't get i don't remember what the grade was that they wanted but if you don't get like this certain grade then i'll leave and and forget the deal and i think that's where Coral Sensei really wanted to prove the principal wrong on on who they are. And that was his his way of standing up to him. But because he is so respectful of people, I guess, in a position of power over him, like, he's not going to just, like, kill him and go, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, this principal is definitely kind of setting this class up to fail. Because they do take this midterm exam, and Coral Sensei's like, hey, if you don't ace... I don't know if he says you don't ace this exam, but they got to make really high marks on it. If you don't do that, then I'm out of here, which means like there goes their chance to save the earth. And I do like how they they kind of so you would think this is a really boring episode because it's like them taking a test, but they turn it into kind of like an adventure where they're imagining that these tests are monsters and and they're having to assassinate like each of the the monsters as they go through when it's really just test questions. Um, But as it seems like that they're all going to succeed then this whole new monster that they haven't ever seen. I remember monster is like the code for, I guess, test questions. So now they're starting to see these test questions that they haven't even studied on. And you find out this was the principal. What an asshole. He just, <laughs> I mean, I love him, love but I mean, that just shows you my taste in men. I think I like the toxicity. Um, <laughs> He he decided at the last minute to add test questions. And then not only that, he went as far as to teach the main campus, like the main students, um, these test questions, but then forget about this class. But it turns out, though, that class three is not as not as dumb as he no, thought. They, they still were. did um, pretty good on their test scores. I think that they didn't hit the goal that he said, except for Karma, who... I think he aced it. And I feel like I disagree with you. I don't remember this episode because I watched it a little while ago and my notes don't have the thing in it. 
But when he, he looks at the test, I feel like there's a lot of 90s on there. So this is, is my theory about the school, right? Because um, in the beginning, at the like in one of the episodes, they're trying to calculate how quick he could get to like the other country he was going to. So they're like, oh, let's do math at Mach 20. And then they figure out five minutes really quick. And I'm like, who who does that that quick? These kids have to be pretty smart. So my thing is, is the lowest of the best honestly that bad? Like, they're the lowest and the stupid of that school. But if that's the best school that's around and they're getting the best education, then I don't think that they're they're as dumb as that school wants to make them feel. I don't know. I, I feel like they did really well on this test. I'm saying that they... Because Koro Sensei doesn't leave. He's like, I'm here to stay to teach you all well, more so learning. Well, so they're, they're discouraged, or Koro Sensei is kind of discouraged. He's upset that they threw in that um that wrench in the system but the kids end up kind of this is like almost their turn to motivate him and be like no like look at how like this is like the best we've ever done so like they are learning something so i think they had to amp him up on it and show him that it's not just about the money that they did care about their grades even if they didn't make it it wasn't their fault that they didn't make it so why would he leave i'm gonna go back and watch this because i think they did well i think they did that thing where like Koro Sensei is all upset with it because he hasn't seen the grades yet. And the kids do that thing, you know, where they're like, oh, we did so bad and we didn't do good. Just kidding. We did amazing. No. I think that's what happened. Isn't that what happened? Uh, okay, I'm going to go rewatch this. Not now, <laughs> but after we wrap up. And I'm going to prove you wrong. And then you okay. owe me gelato. Do we even have gelato around yeah, here? Yeah, <laughs> there's gelato in the domain. Now everyone in knows Austin where we live. area. Well, well now, now Twitter, everyone really knows which where we is... live. <laughs> 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 which is, we will say, at the anime bar. <laughs> but I, regardless, Koro Sensei decides that he's going to stick around and help these kids ace their yeah. finals. So overall, I mean, so this is your first watch of this. How do you feel just so far on just six episodes. I'm going to be honest. Like <laughs> it hasn't hooked me yet. I mean, if we had more Sugino, then maybe, <laughs> maybe I'd be more into it. But for the time being, I'm just like, I'm not feeling it, but I think that's the great part of us doing this podcast is that we're watching a full season of this, of SSH classroom. So maybe the next episodes will get me and I'll become a fan. But on that note, every week, uh, we give kind of our ratings on the six episodes we watch. And because we're kind of like, a, you're at the anime bar, our rating system is how many shots do we give it? One being the worst and five being the best. So I'm going to give it three shots. Uh, like I said, I have watched this before, but based on the six episodes that like we're getting through, it's it's not, you're right, it's not, a, a great hook i also think that the animation style is a, is a little bit lazy now remember we're watching the dub version so there might be things cut off but i did start to notice that um like they don't like to show the characters talking a lot like it's a lot of scenes where they're just standing there and it's a voiceover so that lowered my rating a lot but the comedy is the point i mean it that does. does happen a lot that does happen a lot like sometimes they'll be talking and then this random yeah. third voice from the side. Or they'll just out, show like, like the back of their head. 
and then and they're, they're talking but it's the back of the character's head and it was enough like a lot of animes especially when you're dubbing it they do that but this one was enough to like stand out to me and make me notice well i am gonna give this two shots i'm not really into it just yet uh i feel like the plot is kind of all over the place like I mean, every episode we get kind of assassination attempt, but it feels like we're not being proactive enough. And there's also too many characters for me. Too, we haven't really stuck See, on personally, one. See, personally, that's what I love yes. about it. Um, which is why there's two of us to have, have the polar opposite opinions. But um, no, I, I like that. I like that it's not just like... Sometimes I feel like, ugh, why are these characters like this? you know, the special characters and it's cause the show's about them. That's why. But, um, I do like that the, it's featuring all of class three. It's not like Koro sensei just focusing on like these top set of students. Um, and then I do kind of like how they have been able to be all over the place with the plot, but then they still have like this, just, it's like the assassination part is the, is the thing that keeps it all together. It is. And I do enjoy that. I, I do enjoy when they're more creative with their, assassination with their assassination attempt sorry if i cut out i i'm also drinking during this (laughs) podcast and i needed a burp so i mute myself but i realized i was still talking so if that sounds weird i mean it's it's what happens when you do a podcast that involves alcohol and, and podcasting so so uh but on that note next week we will be watching episodes, what is it, 7 through 12, I believe. So we'll be watching episodes 7 through 12. So if you want to uh, kind of watch ahead of us, or not watch ahead of us, uh, maybe you will. I don't know. It depends on when you're watching and when we're watching. Now this is a whole time <laughs> thing, and I don't think we have time for that. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, regardless, we're watching episodes 7 through 12 next week. And we're going to have a new cocktail so if you want to kind of see what our new cocktail is going to be, then check it out on our TikTok, which is at the anime bar. We also have a Twitter and a Instagram, which are conveniently also at the anime bar. So be sure to like and follow. Yes, a whole bunch of likes and a whole bunch of follows. And if you want to send us some like messages, uh, I love to read them and love your feedback, only if it's positive. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let us know if we missed anything. Yeah, let let it let us know all all the things that you thought about these first six episodes and how Sugino is your favorite <laughs> as well. So on that note, thank you for listening to our very first episode of the Anime Bar and cheers. cheers. <laughs>